RNZ News at midday. Kia ora, I'm Nicola Wright. The police are working to extradite a woman arrested in South Korea today over the murder of two children whose bodies were found in Auckland last month. The remains were discovered in suitcases by a Clendon Park family who had bought the contents of an abandoned storage locker. Lucy Sia has more. An arrest warrant for the 42-year-old woman was issued by the South Korean courts following a request by the New Zealand police under the extradition treaty between the two countries. The police say she faces two charges of murder. Detective Inspector Tofilao Fa'a Manuia Vailua says the police have begun the extradition process and have asked for her to remain in custody. Human rights barrister Tony Ellis says the speed of the extradition will depend on the woman's response to the arrest and her citizenship status. The economy's posted a strong return to growth after unexpectedly shrinking at the start of the year. StatsNZ says GDP rose by a seasonally adjusted 1.7% in the three months ended June, after contracting by 0.2% in the March quarter. Here's our business reporter Nicholas Poynton. The rebound was well above consensus expectations of 1% growth. The higher result was driven by the border reopening and the subsequent boost in tourism spending, as well as greater activity in the broader services sector. It offset declines in the manufacturing and construction industries. GDP was up by 1% on the same quarter a year ago. The economy is expected to grow modestly in the months to come, as the Reserve Bank presses on with interest rate rises aimed at cooling inflation. Thousands of mourners are queuing into the night to pay their respects to the Queen as she lies in state in Westminster Hall in central London. The BBC's Zoe Conway reports. It's an incredibly impressive operation that's been unfolding over the last 24 hours here to get ready for the lying in state of the late Queen. And perhaps we shouldn't be surprised by that because, after all, this has been decades in the planning to get everything to what feels like military precision here today. Of course, what's also been happening in the hall behind me, Westminster Hall, is that people have been quietly filing past, paying their respects to the late Queen. And I think some of the people I've spoken to were surprised at how much it hit them, how sort of awestruck they were being there. The Nurses' Union has told the Health Minister nurses have not felt heard in the past and want to be included in decision-making. The Minister, Andrew Little, has made opening remarks to the Union's annual conference, acknowledging the immense pressure nurses are under. However, he says the government won't be introducing free study for nursing students in order to boost the workforce. One nurse, Lucy McLaren, says nursing should get the same focus as the construction industry, where government support for apprenticeships has helped get more workers trained. Another nurse says the longer they go without better pay, the more they lose hope. A women's health expert says today marks a major win for Wahine as Pharmac has removed all funding restrictions from progesterone. Tens of thousands are expected to benefit from access to the hormone replacement therapy for the treatment of menopausal symptoms and for the prevention of recurrent early pregnancy loss. A professor at Te Tātai Hauora or Hine, Beverly Lawton, says menopausal women should not hesitate to get the treatment. The rule of thumb I give for Wahine is that if their symptoms are affecting their quality of life, that is affecting their sleep, affecting their ability to work, their relationships, with their whānau to the extent that they're noticing it or they want it to change. Women shouldn't suffer, they should go and see their doctor for some help. 
unrestricted funding will start from December the 1st. A man who bludgeoned a Christchurch woman to death in her home with a hockey stick will spend at least 13 years in prison. Val Heaney was murdered in Bromley in April by her boarder, Elliot R.J. Prakash, Adam Burns reports. Justice Manda sentenced Elliot Prakash to life imprisonment this morning with a minimum non-parole period of 13 years. The court heard how Prakash brutally took to his landlord with a hockey stick on the night of April the 4th following a heated argument. A statement was read in court on behalf of Val Heaney's 89-year-old mother who has suffered ill health due to the devastating impact of her daughter's murder. She says her final years will be defined by grief, sadness and loss. Other family members spoke of the impact the killing has had on their mental well-being. It's almost five minutes past twelve. The Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's paid a surprise visit to Izum, a key logistics hub in northeastern Kharkiv province, liberated by Ukrainian troops. The BBC's Ugo Bachega reports from Kiev. Izum is one of the most significant gains for the Ukrainians in this lightning counteroffensive. After a minute of silence, President Zelensky thanked troops for liberating territory and said the Ukrainian flag would return to every city and village in the country. Ukraine feels it's got the momentum in the conflict and says all areas under occupation will be freed, including those invaded in 2014. With most of Kharkiv province retaken, Defense Ministry officials said logistics hubs in the Donbass would be the new focus of the Ukrainian army. In Sweden, Magdalena Andersson has lost office after just nine months as the country's first female prime minister. Her centre-left coalition has been narrowly edged out by a block of right-wing parties in the general election. The BBC's Matilda Whelan has more. She'll remain in a caretaking position until a new government has been formed and is expected that the leader of the third biggest party in Sweden, a bit counterintuitive, uh, his name is Ulf Kristersson from the Conservative Party. He is now expected to try and form a government. The reason that the second biggest party, the Sweden Democrat, the leader of them, it's Jimmy Åkesson, that he will not try to become prime minister, is that his party is still regarded with suspicion among a swathe of members of parliament. The backbench Labour MP Anna Locke has been given leadership training. Two former staffers have told Stuff they were bullied by Ms Locke, who's the member for the Hawke's Bay seat of Tukituki. Our political reporter Annika Smith has more. The first set of allegations included being forced to move furniture around a room and sober driving the MP after work hours. In a statement, Ms Lork says she's doing her best to be a better manager of staff, including working with an experienced leadership coach. She says she went out of her way to support the second staffer, who never raised any complaints over concerns for his well-being. The first-term MP says both she and Labour take their obligations to staff seriously. A former Whangarei mayor and deputy chair of the Northland Regional Council has been convicted and fined for two air pollution breaches. Stan Semenov, who was found guilty at a trial, was sentenced this morning in the Whangarei District Court. He was ordered to pay more than $15,500. In 2020, an employee in his trucking business illegally burned waste dumped on site. Judge Prudence Stevens said Mr Semenov failed to ensure staff knew the Resource Management Act rules. One of the country's most prominent trade unionists of the past 50 years has died. Ken Douglas, the inaugural president of the Council of Trade Unions, was 86. The CTU's current president, Richard Wagstaff, says Mr Douglas will be long remembered. He commanded 
real uh, respect amongst union leaders, amongst union members and amongst working people. And he, he had a life dedicated to advancing working people. And I think um, everyone who knew him liked to be around him. Uh, he was charismatic and, and you know very clever. And we, we really miss him now that he's gone. The Acting Minister for Workplace Relations and Safety, Priyanka Radhakrishnan, says many advances in worker rights can be traced back to Ken Douglas's leadership over 30 years. In 1998, he was made a member of the exclusive 20-person Order of New Zealand. The Broadcasting Standards Authority has upheld seven complaints about an RNZ report relating to the Waikato District Health Board cyber attack last year. In its summary, it says RNZ used information leaked in the attack in a story about a child in the care of Oranga Tamariki, who was in effect living in a hospital because the agency was unable to find a place for them. The authority says the story was unfair to the child and their family and breached their privacy, but it found RNZ was not in breach of encouraging illegal behaviour or broadcasting content in bad taste. RNZ notes the decision and says it stands by its journalism, but is also seeking advice on a possible appeal. A legal challenge to a Wellington City Council parking decision has been dismissed. The council wants to change the configuration of car parks along Thorndon Quay, one of the main transport routes in and out of the city, from angled to parallel parks for cyclist safety. That would reduce the number of car parking spaces by almost half. Businesses from the area argued it was a flawed proposal, but their challenge has been dismissed by the High Court in a ruling released today. That's the news.